Coming up next on this episode of the Unlock You podcast. I mean, I always look at the financials, of course, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the possible how well that could do and the longevity and, you know, if it's a one-shot wonder or if mm-hmm. it's going to be a potential stream of revenue to focus some some attention on. I have a very hard time doing one-shot deals. Sometimes I'll take them. But... Uh-huh. And then making the right team. I've yeah. also ta- heard you talk about that. Yeah, having the right people around you is everything. It is great. <laughs> It's great to have people that you can count on. You take good care of them and they're loyal. Hey, friends. Thanks so much for joining us. This is Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford. I'm a clinical psychologist, leadership consultant, and a really big fan of you getting to fulfill your life purpose. I want you to get unstuck and unlock your potential relationally, emotionally, spiritually, and vocationally. Thanks for joining us and let's get started. Welcome to Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford. And I am overwhelmed with excitement to have my guest slash cousin, Brian mm-hmm. Cooper, who is a avian, I don't know the words, but he's brilliant at business. And as you know, on this channel, our goal is to help you personally relationally, spiritually, and vocationally. We want you walking into your calling. And a lot of times life doesn't come with a UPS package and just say, this is your calling and this is what you're doing next. And we were talking off camera about in school, you're usually told like, this is how you get assessed and this is what you do next. And it's kind of fed to you a little bit. And then you get out in the real world and it's like, what do I do next if I don't have anyone telling me? So I thought it would be fascinating to hear from someone who started basic, not a lot going in life, just kind of a normal guy. And now very successful in the very long, add several E's, uh, very successful and totally entrepreneur. He's just created this industry, a very niche market for himself. And he is the go-to guy for a lot of things. And so I wanted to pick his brain that you listening, it may not be necessarily the industry you go into, But I think there's a way to think that it's not just getting the education, which is great. It's not just having a family or a pedigree or people handing things to you. It's often to the hungry and those who pursue and are willing to risk trying something new and risk failing. So Brian is somebody I really respect. He's done it really well in business. And I'm very proud that he is my cousin and I basically hogtied him and forced Mm -hmm. him into this. So thank you for being our guest today. You're most welcome. (laughs) Okay. So you started in life, just like a normal guy, like our family doesn't come from a lot of money. What was those first steps from just kind of going from an average person into a moving in a new direction? Well, well, we, as you know, we were construction, Uh you know, know, grunt manual labor mechanics. Yep. You know, that's uh, kind of our heritage. Uh uh, We, you know, uh, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was completely... A lot of people resonate. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people got it. Yeah, I mean, I, and I've tried a lot of things and uh-huh. went a lot of different directions and just, and I, uh, you know, floundered in my early 20s until I found something that uh, I enjoyed and started making decent money. But it was just one circumstance after the next that mm-hmm. created the opportunity and then and then willing to sacrifice to jump on the grenade and maybe it blows <laughs> up maybe it doesn't 
and you succeed or don't succeed. Yeah. I have uh, was able to find something that I enjoyed and became passionate about. Okay. That was uh, very you know lucrative at the end of, you know, in my career yeah. now. So it's very, very um, fun putting a puzzle together that you don't know where all the pieces are. So you probably have strategic in your brain. Uh, I, I do you know I, strength finders. I, I don't have a clear picture of that. <laughs> I do. I'll tell you. So you <laughs> I think you have strategic. It's one of your strengths. I'm I am I'm very fragmented in my in my way of conducting business, but like I always have a strategic goal. Yeah. You know where I'm gonna go or why I'm doing what I'm doing to yeah. to kind of achieve that goal. So it's uh-huh. it's uh but i've you know jumped on a lot of grenades that did go off <laughs> <laughs> which we want to hear about yeah so first of all how encouraging that somebody who we haven't even gotten into what he does yet but just trust me very successful he started out floundering so for anybody out there that feels like your life is floundering you don't know your direction welcome to the table you are totally accepted here and you can start at any season it doesn't have to be kind of this cookie cutter pattern and i think that when you find something that you love and you're willing to put in the what three hours a a week toward it <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah right i love all these uh kind of gimmicky things that yeah. are like oh just work three hours a week yeah. um in Never real was. life to be successful what did you actually have to do to put in new? i i you know worked a lot of 20 hour days and, mm-hmm. and just uh, a lot of sacrifice a lot of sacrifice and a lot of gambling and a lot of uh, a lot of uh, either Business gambling, to yeah, clarify. He yeah, might be talking yeah. about another kind. <laughs> I think he's talking about but business. It, yeah, I mean, everything in life, in business, or, you know, personal relationships or whatever, yeah. you know, you're taking risks. Yeah. And you're trying to, you know, alleviate that risk by smart decisions. But, of course, they're not all smart decisions. <laughs> you live and you learn, and you don't have, especially for you, you didn't have anybody to look ahead and ask yeah. questions. Yeah, nobody in our family was in aviation, so I was kind of just on my own, just met some really good friends that are still friends today at the beginning of my career. Met some guys that taught me some amazing talents that mm. are just smart enough to listen to them and, yeah. and take their advice and, That's huge. and be, you know, and like, and if you are, um, I guess if you know, bullheaded and you think it, your way is always the best way. Pride. Yeah. If you, if you have a lot of pride, you, you know, you're going to go your direction, but like if you're smart enough to appreciate, you know, honest, you know, input Mm -hmm. into your life and, and, and try to correct yourself, you know, some of your bad decisions, like it's growth, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. there's a bunch of positive things about doing that, but I, I found something I love, which Mm -hmm. is maybe, aviation mm-hmm. uh, started in the scrap scrap side of the business and okay then i did government contracting oh. and then i did went into the commercial aviation side so i think one of the things i really respect about you is human nature loves security predictability we grab on something and then we stick with that forever so i've really seen you create a lot of opportunities or side hustles and you've really diversified yeah. What's helped you do that or recognize a new opportunity when most people are just kind of head down? Well, I, 
I, I call myself an opportunist, mm-hmm. not a aviation guy, not a construction guy, not a, you know, different avenues that could sure. have gone in. I've done demolition work. I've done uh-huh. all kinds of different types of categories of work. And, and anytime I see something that looks appealing, uh-huh. I, I take the time and I check it out. And I just try to understand and appreciate what the opportunity could be. Okay. So let's say an opportunity is in front of somebody. What are the things you're looking for to verify good opportunity, not good opportunity? How do you uh, do that? Uh, that's, that's a really hard question. Million dollar question. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I always look at the financials, of course, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the possible, you know, how, how well that could do and, the longevity and, you know, if it's a one-shot wonder or if mm-hmm. it's going to be a potential stream of revenue to, to focus some, some attention on. And yeah. I'm, I have a, a very hard time doing one-shot deals. Like some, you know, sometimes I'll take them, but, uh-huh. but very rarely now and now in this you know position in my life, I look at if it's a long-term potential opportunity, then I'll still go, go hustle it. Uh-huh. You know, but back in the day when I was younger, this the one shot wonder is good enough. Yeah. Right? <laughs> You're hungry, you gotta yeah. make something happen. <laughs> so, now you have a luxury of choosing a little more yeah, selectively. You can choose a little more selectively for sure. And then making the right team. I've yeah. also ta- heard you talk about that. Yeah, having the right people around you is everything. Yeah. Like if you don't have a good uh, team or a good crew of guys that uh you and turn girls. your back on. Yeah, girls. <laughs> you probably have all guys. <laughs> <laughs> I got a few gals on my team. <laughs> so it 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 is great. It's great to have people that you can count on. You take good care of them and they're loyal. Yeah. You know, and just uh, create a good good work environment, good synergy uh-huh. that people enjoy coming to work. Yeah. And I've heard you say several times that it's a lot of times the relationships who, you know, and how did you start to develop some of those relationships early on? So when I started in the aviation industry, I, I got on a plane. I went to see American airlines. Mm -hmm. I went to go see Delta. I went to see Southwest. I, I introduced myself to all those people who did all over Europe, went to Tonza, KLM, British Airways, just I talked to everybody face to face. They knew what I looked like. Uh-huh. I went to every single place and and I shook their hand and took them to lunch. Uh-huh. And every single time I did that, something good happened. That's like awesome. They call me. Maybe it wasn't then, but maybe it's six months or yeah. a year. Yeah, Plant or whatever. And they're like, "Oh, can you do this? Yes, yeah. yes, I can take care of that. No yeah. problem." And so they yeah. know, you know, they get known as a known entity that. Uh-huh. You know, it's reliable and they, you know, it's uh-huh. honest and it's going to treat them good and yeah. you know, give them the service they need to accomplish their, their mission. So I, I'm you... always flexible. Ah. So it doesn't matter what they say. I always say yes. Yes. No problem. Which, where did you get that from? Uh, you know, it's a Crawford trait. It's a Crawford quirk. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one of my favorite stories. I might've actually shared this on the podcast, but our grandpa, uh, Sam Crawford, they were the grapes of wrath. They were farmers. They were poor. They came to California and he was didn't have a lot of education or training in anything. And he would go to job sites, construction. That's how our family originally got into construction. And they would say, can you run this forklift or this bulldozer or whatever? And he would say, yes, I can. And of course he could not, but he would learn as he did it until they figured out that he couldn't. And then he'd get fired. 
And I have heard so many successful people say getting fired was one of the best things that ever happened to them because it takes away the fear. And we were talking about most millionaires, billionaires, usually they have filed bankruptcy or they've had some major losses and it just takes away the fear, the crippling fear of that. And so that's my encouragement is that you learn how to say yes. And I think in my life as well, there's a lot of times opportunities come and I'm like, I'm not prepared. I'm not equipped. I don't know how to do that. But there's just like this chutzpah, this gut response that I'm like, I'm just going to say yes. And if God closes the door, great. But at least I'm still willing to walk through doors and opportunities as they come. And if I fail, the worst that can happen is I'm a little bit embarrassed and I might be down some money, but then I can keep moving forward with momentum versus analysis paralysis, where we can over overthink everything and you're not making any momentum. And I love the point that even just going and meeting those people, it planted seeds, it built relationship. It may not be immediate. And in an instant gratification culture, sometimes people get really discouraged early on, not realizing you're planting that seed. It's in gestation before you may have a harvest from some of those meetings, cold calls, things that you might be doing your little hustle to try to step out in something. So don't get discouraged early on when it's not going and you're flying around the country or 20 hour days or whatever your industry might be. Uh, so I did want you to clarify for our audience, what does aviation mean? Cause they might think you're a pilot right now. So I am not a pilot. I, <laughs> I, Ironically, he's not even though. Yeah, that is true. I, I'm around airplanes every day, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I buy uh, end of life commercial aircraft. Okay. Primarily as the mainstay of my business. Uh-huh. So we take a 20 year old airplane coming out of Delta airlines or American or wherever. And we uh, fly them to a location in California. Undisclosed. <laughs> He's got a lot of secret side hustles that I'm not allowed to talk to. <laughs> and we disassemble them like an automotive junkyard. It's, it's the premises are the same. Brilliant. And uh, you just have to have enough real estate to park a, monster 747 whoa you know so you it's a big papa yeah it's a big one and when you have uh, have those types of assets you need the ability to sit on them and just they just sit out in the desert and until you're ready to until you get an order say you know like uh KLM has a you know, special requirement that these weird little brackets on the 747 or whichever airline uh-huh. and then you go to boeing and try to buy them they can't buy them because boeing has a 365 day lead time oh. their airplane's down you can't leave an airplane down for you know a year uh-huh. so they come to me and i we remove them off our derelict you know aircraft that are just sitting there for that exact reason uh remove this weird intricate part that nobody has Ah, and then you're the guy who has the things. I got you're the, the go-to guy. Yeah, I'm the go-to guy. I'm the safe, you know, save their butt guy. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps their business afloat. Yeah, they like you yeah. guys. And you're we're flying in some for some back and forth to China every day, making half a million bucks. Like uh, airplane sits on the ground, you're you know, sort yeah, chinka chinka chinka. For sure. <laughs> so how did you even get into that niche? That's uh, so random. It was a total accident. I met a guy. I met a guy. I met a guy. I was doing a different, you know, some other reclamation with uh, turbine engines and uh, titanium and nickel-based alloys and oh, okay. uh, precious metal contained in a in a in a jet engine uh-huh. is made up of a lot of different components. And there's 
you know, there's silver braids, platinum braids, there's gold braids, there's titanium, you know, nickel, and just yeah. a whole kinds of crazy things you would never think of when uh-huh. you thought of a jet engine. So at the end of life for jet engines, even, uh, you just take them apart piece by piece and sell the component into component level, you know, raw material and back in the recycling industry. That's amazing. Yeah, so I was doing that and I was doing some business with a friend of mine in LA uh-huh. and he said, Hey, I got uh, these L 10 11s up in Mojave, California. And it's like, Hey, let's go look at them. Mm-hmm. And I just, I went and bought excavators and bought them from him and I didn't know if I could pull it off or not, but I did it. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And then uh, just from that seed, that one, uh-huh. one circumstance, it allowed me yeah. to, to, you know, look at all these other things. And then he taught me, you know, so I went from a scrap guy uh-huh. to understanding 10% of what I really needed to learn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then slowly, growly, you know, slowly over time, I just, uh, you know, elevated my education and the, and the and, experience and all the things. Yeah, and how to manage it, how to, you know, maintain it, who did, who you, you know, should do it, wow. who should do the sales, who should do this, who should do that. Yeah. So I had a, you know, got a great education, very expensive education. By hurt, education, what do you mean? I mean, I made some bad decisions. Exactly. So he doesn't <laughs> necessarily have an MBA in business, and yeah. yet he runs not a huge empire, but a very successful yeah. that you get to keep a lot of it because it's not so huge. Um, and so I want to encourage you, if you don't have a degree, if you don't have rich parents, if you don't have a pedigree or the connections or the alumni or whatever, make your own destiny, go for it. You don't have to have all the things and the cards and the stars aligned Mm. in your favor. I think this is a great, exciting story of somebody who just kept saying yes and see what happens. Yeah. I continue to say yes. And I, yeah. And I had, you know, did have a little bit of help, but very, very little. So tell us your first seed. So, so my, uh, first airplane I ever bought was a B-52 bomber at Fairchild Air Force Base. Why would Spoken. you buy that? It was just something that fell across the the opportunity. Okay. Right in front of us. Opportunity, people. And um, I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, my uncle Kai was with me at that point, and he didn't know what he was doing. So <laughs> we came to my parents, and I borrowed. Blind leading the blind. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> and uh, my dad was nuts. So... He, the crazier the idea, the better it was. Uh-huh. And he's like, so I presented him a proposal to show him, hey, I want to buy this and this for this reason. I think yeah. I could do this, but yeah. I'm not sure. And, and I said, I need $10,000. And he gave it to me. And back then, that would be a lot of money. Yeah, back in the in the 90s. That's, yeah. yeah, it was a lot of money. And I was just a dumb kid and, you know, had a pickup truck. You know, that's it. <laughs> that's Minus assets at yeah. that point, huh? That was it. That's all I had. So, but we went there and we did the job and we made like $50,000 and I was like stuck for life. Uh, but, you know, I get addicted to that, that win uh-huh. you know, and like success and then followed by a bunch of failures. Okay. So tell us some of the grenades. You said you fell on some grenades. Life has not always been easy. Yeah. What's real life for people to expect? Uh, well, after, after that period in time, I... Did some other deals along the way. Ended up back in my parents' house, sleeping on their couch. Oh, 
the real entrepreneur yeah, story. Yeah, I <laughs> sleep on my couch because uh, I had nowhere else to go. <laughs> so picked myself back up and just started, you know, just inching back. Did at that period of time, I actually did, did demolition work for the for the county. Okay. On some road expansions, and because I seen the opportunity, and I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. But I just went and did it. I figured it out. Come so, on. So I demoed a bunch of houses out and it was a huge learning experience. Yeah, and for sure. So what helped you mentally fail and then totally reinvent yourself and just see another opportunity and go for it? Because that sounds really easy, but the actual human emotion oh, and yeah, psychological. Crushing. Yeah. yeah. How did you do that? I just, I just would not let anything drag me down. I just kept trying to stay in a positive attitude, mm -hmm. continue to look for the future. You know, this is just a stumbling block and mm -hmm. pick myself back up yeah. and run for the next goal. That's and, good. But never stop working. Like I just I never stopped. I never just laid there and quit well, sorry and gave up on my, you know, my dreams. Yeah. And I just then I went back to aviation and started chasing uh -huh. and took a, some government contracts. And so you went, failed in the industry, new industry, and now you went back in the very area that you failed yeah. before. Yeah, it wasn't a big gap. That's chutzpah right there. I'm impressed. Yeah, guys, I knew that would, that's where I wanted to be. I was just doing whatever it took to get, mm -hmm. build me a, a little nest egg up so I can move on to the next level of my life. Wow. Okay. So I think that we need to underscore that you may fail in the thing that you're called to do that God made you to do. And in that failure, don't stop. Don't give up on your dream. Don't change your trajectory. Just be open to other opportunities. I had a conversation with somebody recently and I'm like, well, if what you're doing isn't working, go work at Costco. And they were like, I am a, you know, executive wealthy person. I can't work at Costco. And I was like, you got to do something. Yeah. There's, you're just sleeping all day. You're feeling sorry for yourself. We got to get out of this funk. So at least move forward, do something. And then that begets more momentum. You get your nest egg, you get your confidence back and then you go for it again. I love that story. Yeah. So good. It really was. A, it was a hard spot in my life. Yeah. <laughs> The dark night of the soul, I think they call it. Yeah, it was bad. But I, again, you know, did exactly that. I just, I didn't let it drag me down to the bottom of the ocean. That's good. Just kept on just, just marching on. Yeah. So that mental toughness, um, and I've, I've referenced it just in case if you haven't heard me say it, but Angela Duckworth's research where she researched every industry. So whether you're in sports or you're in entertainment or you're in business or science, whatever industry, she researched the highest leading people that are the most successful. And she found two ingredients. One is a passion and a perseverance to overcome and to keep challenging yourself and fighting for that goal and that dream. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to know 100% what the whole dream is going to be. He just knew he had like an industry or a passion area. And then from that, being able to build and keep going in that direction. And when life derailed him, coming back to that. And so it's that perseverance. And she called it grit. And so the grit research is very opposite of our current culture. That's very snowflake. I don't feel like it. I want somebody to pat me on the head. I need some encouragement. Sometimes you have to encourage yourself. Yeah. I know we else is going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> They're not going to champion your dream as much as you are. Yeah. 
And if you're not, and you're feeling sorry for yourself, probably you're not going to get back up and probably you're just going to have kind of a mediocre instead of what you know is burning in you that you're made for more. Potential. Mm -hmm. You're letting your own potential pass you by. Yeah. So you had said you had a dad, a stepdad who invested in you at the very beginning. And he was kind of crazy, yeah. but he was like, if it's a wild dream, let's go for it. Yeah, he, he created, uh, you know, the free thinking, uh, the way it allowed me to not look at things in boxes. Mm. It gave me a perspective is like, uh, you know, the things that he went through and did in his, you know, yeah. life before, you know, me growing up watching it, yeah. it just was phenomenal. Like, and it, it changed so many times. Uh-huh. So it was, it was a huge blessing to me that to see and f- see the opportunity, like anything is possible. Like, yeah. doesn't matter. You fall down on that. You run towards that. Yeah. You know, like, so you just never, never let anything drag him down. Always had that positive spirit. And, but he was just very diversified and always, you know, didn't, didn't matter what it was. It was, and he, he definitely, without, you know, those influences from the, you know, the traditional, you know, you know, old school, you get an education, do this yeah. to, or do Gold that. Gold watch you know? at the end of 50 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. You know? and he, he wasn't that guy, but, you know, you see in both sides of the coin uh-huh. allowed me to say, you know, give me the thought process or the ability to have the thought process to yeah. be creative Yeah, and just look at it, things as opportunities, not, you know, not boxes. Yeah. So many times we pigeonhole ourselves and we put ourselves in boxes. And I'm going to ask as your homework that you're thinking through, what have I done to pigeonhole myself? Whether things people have said about you. I know when I was young, people said, Shannon's the nice one. Teresa's the smart one or the pretty one or the blah, blah, blah. People will in good intention, they're not bad people, but they kind of put these self-limiting beliefs on you, or you'll put them on yourself, which I absolutely did. And just learning how to say, yeah, I can do that. And I'm currently in a season where I'm writing a book and this girl goes on all all the adventures. And so I'm like, I'm going to go on all of these adventures Mm -hmm. that I'm writing about. So I'm learning to fly. I'm doing Brazilian jujitsu. I may go skydiving, who knows, uh, with a plastic hat protecting my brain. We will see if I actually (laughs) do that. Um, So I just am excited for you. Please do your homework. Recognize where have I put some self-limiting beliefs? Where have I put my career or my vocation or my talent in a box? And then it needs to look a certain way. If you've learned anything, Mm -hmm. you can start super average, super normal. You can flounder, you can fail. But if you find something you're passionate about and you keep pursuing it, which is called grit, you go for it, you fail, you get up, you keep doing it again, and you put in the work. I think every famous person that's really successful, they had to put in a lot of hours behind the scenes that nobody was accolading and cheering them on. They had to dribble the basketball. They had to play the violin. They had to practice that role repeatedly before they had the big unicorn success that everybody else is excited about. I want you to flourish. I am cheering you on. The Unlock Unlock You community is here for you. And we want to give you you the resources you need to invest in you emotionally, spiritually, relationally, and vocationally. So thank you so much for being our guest today. And is there any last words of wisdom that you would give to somebody out there? Uh, I would say never give up. Hmm, that's good. 
it's all it's all I can come up with. No, but it's profound. It really is profound. Like they're short sentence, but to never give up requires a lot of gut and chutzpah to keep moving forward and just keep getting back up with failures and things not working yeah, out. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for the uh, the chaining me to the interview. Yeah. <laughs> I probably owe him a lot. I literally was like, would you like to do it this time or this time? Not at a no. You don't get a no. You just get option on time. Left or right. <laughs> exactly. All right, guys. We'll see you for the next episode. Take, take care. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for watching this episode of Unlock You. It is our dream to invest in you. And one of the ways you can do that is by getting more of the bonus material, the content, and to know about future events. Head to the website, drshannoncrawford.com, subscribe to the newsletter, and you'll be the first to know what we're rolling out. And we want you to truly get unlocked so that you can thrive, not only for yourself, but also for the greater calling on your life. Let's link arms and do it together. See you in the next episode.